Welcome to Afro Leads, the podcast. Afro Leads consists of two sisters, myself, Julie and Steph, and we are on a mission to promote UK black business and culture. We have a Instagram platform that where we post daily positive posts about black business, groups, community, celebrities, music and so much more. Today we are blessed with three incredible women. Mother Renee and her two incredible daughters, Lalani and Avea. Mother Renee is the entrepreneur behind the custom cake company, Lovestorm. Lalani, only 16 years old, is the owner of two businesses, Lovestorm Cupcakes by Lalani and Lay's Rags. We have Avea, who's only 12 years old, and again, an owner of two incredible businesses, The Cookie Kid and Ray Ray's Vegan Sauces. We are incredibly lucky to have all three amazing ladies with us today. Welcome. How are you? We're good, thank you. We're really well, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining on a uh, Black Pound Day, which I know is obviously incredibly busy for you. But I was just saying before we actually went into the record session of the podcast that my sister and I are huge fans. We started Afro Leave just over two years ago and all three of your Instagram accounts were accounts that we instantly followed. And since then, I've just been obsessed, followed, liked, shared, bought from, just cannot support you enough because we... Like I say, we're big fans, but we just love everything about what you stand for. So this is an incredible experience for us. Really, really welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. And can we just say, I echo everything that you just said, because we've been following, I think pretty much from the start of well, the start of the Instagram account, should I say, yes. of Afroly. Yeah. And it's just, it's an incredibly uplifting platform. And I absolutely love, there's people on there that I, I just didn't realise there was such a rich culture in the UK because it's just it's not celebrated enough so thank you for doing that yeah, and uh, yeah so the the fangirling is definitely a two-way street <laughs> oh thank you so much that means the world amazing thank you for that Renee it's so lovely so before we get into the heart of what we want to like discuss a bit further it'd be really interesting to, to ask you about you Renee about what it was like growing up if you're happy to, to share about it and well, you were a budding businesswoman at the age of, of 12 and 16 as well and then you know is this entrepreneurial streak something that's been within you bubbling within you that you've passed on to your daughters and um uh, well the short answer is no <laughs> I was, I was, I, what you would or what many would now that I've grown up I, I wouldn't say that but a lot what a lot of people would categorize as problem child so I was hard work growing up I did well in school academically speaking I, you know I was very capable but I, I wasn't happy there I didn't do well in school with the with the officialdom and the authority figures and it just didn't feel like a place where I was meant to be so I had a very colorful education you might say I was kicked out of several schools and you know some serious behavioral issues and you know I can make light of it now but at the time it was a very tumultuous I felt like I was pigeonholed as soon as I got into school I was told who I was I was told that I was you know just for being a bit of a character I was told that that was disruptive or problematic and I kind of just I said okay then well that's who I'll be kind of thing and I think that that's probably how it started because it's not I didn't enjoy learning I definitely did and I still do but I didn't enjoy how I was treated as a as a young person in that environment so consequently I played up and misbehaved and so yeah I didn't have any great aspirations to own a business I just kind of floated through my teens and then actually I was a dancer before I became a parent so yeah I was a salsa instructor for probably from like this age of 17 so I used to perform and teach all over Europe all over the UK and that's how I made my living until I became a mum and then obviously it's all nighttime based the classes were nighttime and the performances were all nighttime so once I became a mum I tried to do both but then it, it was quickly obvious to me that you can't really have a job like that well you probably can I'm not going to say you can't because each to the know you can depending on what, how you feel about it but I just felt overwhelmingly guilty not being there at bedtime and things like that so I had to sort of refigure what I was going to do so I still would dance socially but yeah I stopped doing it as a job and then I was working for a bank for a while Northern Rock actually and I was made redundant whilst I was expecting a mayor. And that's how I got into starting my own business. So I wouldn't say I've always wanted to own my own business. I never ever thought about it. I never even thought that it was. There wasn't a lot of um, representation of people from my community running their own businesses when I was growing up. My mum had her own business. But in my community, I didn't really see many examples of that. It just seemed like something that someone else, that other people did, you know. And it wasn't something that I could ever do. But. When you've got mouth to feed, <laughs> when you lose your job, you suddenly start to get a little bit creative and 
come up with ways in which you can you know feed your children so my business and any success that I've enjoyed through that I would have to be honest and say that it came about through desperation that's the basis of my business I just I needed something I needed a way to feed my family so yeah started doing that and I wasn't great to start with at all but I did enjoy it when I started my business I think it was around the same time that Facebook became a thing and so when I was making these I'd post them online and then eventually people were like oh do you sell them and I was like well I could I guess <laughs> I look back at some of those that earlier work and I'm like why would you want to buy that like <laughs> good work I'm not like in my opinion but I suppose it's all relative to the time isn't it like there's a lot more impressive work out there now so so yeah so no to answer the question I definitely was not like these two growing up but I suppose it depends on your relationship you like with your parents uh, and you know I've got a great mum but she wasn't as hands-on with me as I am with these two in terms of what they want to get out of their future. That's amazing. Just to draw upon what you'd said about the school situation, I can totally relate to that. Had a conversation with my mum last weekend just about that element of you're a product of your surroundings. If you walk into a building, if you walk into a classroom, if you walk into a school and the expectation of the teacher and the people around you is less, you often become that caricature of yourself. You don't actually end up being your full potential. And I was saying to my mum, just talking about like me and my brothers, um, that there were some situations when we were younger and parents evening where it was a case of she felt in some instances that that all the teachers had got together and basically said this is what we're going to say about Steph or this is how we're going to talk about so and so and when she pushed back it was when you know there was a change and it wasn't a case of he's always like or she's always got an attitude or she's always talking it was a case of well if she's talking who is she talking to she's not talking on her own are you having the same conversations with her counterparts and her friends if he's you know you say they're always like or they're always coming in or the bus is late are there other children who are on that bus are they having the same conversations with you or are you just talking to my child in this way and because of that I think your behavior as a child you either get your back up and you start acting out or you just disengage because you feel not wanted you're not loved you know it's one of those things that resonates with me a lot because I think if you don't get the love and the support from teachers you're going to get reactions from young people that are you know looking for structure looking for support and you either go one way or the other don't you absolutely absolutely if I'm honest about my education or or the time that I spent in school irrespective of my behavioral issues I would say that I feel robbed I feel robbed of a well-rounded and well-balanced education simply because when I started high school I had two older brothers that preceded me and they'd you know been in trouble at school and stuff like that so when I went there with the same surname immediately it was one of the teachers literally said I've got my eye on you that was one of the first things I said on my first day at high school as a nervous skinny little brown girl where most of my peers were not you know didn't look like me it was kind of like oh you know very taken aback very taken aback and and, and I think it just kind of went from from there really I mean there are some fantastic teachers nowadays there are there's no doubt about it the system the the education system is an issue because no matter how great a teacher they can only work within the confines of what they're they're provided with if as a child somebody you know you don't even know you're meant to advocate for yourself you don't know how to do any of that you're a kid going to school to learn if a teacher doesn't take a liking to you or for whatever reason can you imagine how that feels for a child it's just you know like I say my mum had six children so it wasn't a case of she wasn't in a position where she could go and advocate for me all the time. I homeschooled my girls for most of their education because I just don't have faith in the education system. And we've tried it. And, you know, I'm not saying we'd never go back to it. You know, it's whatever makes them happy. But it, it's so lacking. The system is so lacking. And it, is, it can be so detrimental. It can literally determine how a person sees themselves. And there's nothing more important than how you see yourself. So I just think it's so problematic when teachers have unconscious biases, which they absolutely do, because we all do. We all have unconscious biases. And the people that say that they don't are the ones to worry about. I find it astonishing that they don't have anything in place to check unconscious biases to train people on unconscious biases and how that might impact the children in their care that is insane to me it's so necessary and it's just not happening and I know that people have campaigned for it and it's still just not happening and the reason why is because the system isn't built for us it's not it's not built to make sure we have the best experience there they let us go and that's about it 
That's why they use language like we're a tolerant society, we're a tolerant school. What human being wants to be tolerated? That's not welcoming. I don't want that for my children. I don't want you to say, okay, you can sit with us if you must. Like, I want you to be happy to have them there because they're not problematic, they're not troublesome, and your unconscious biases are not going to make that so. I definitely feel robbed from that respect, and I have. I don't want to call it a difficult relationship with the education system in the UK because it's not that. You know, they're wrong and I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Like anything in life, there are good parts and bad parts, but when the bad parts can potentially cause irreparable damage to your child's confidence and self-worth, it's just it's not a risk I'm prepared to take with my children I'm afraid from a perspective of somebody who's like watched you guys for like two years and like love everything about you going especially in the business sense but also the friendship that you guys have as well you have so much love for each other you care about and you share the wealth with each other it's just so amazing it's infectious when you watch it from a let's say a business perspective and when you see well people like Julie my sister and I when we're thinking like we'd love to start a business together and when we're starting at Afro Leeds etc we were aware of the power of working together the power of sharing stories just like you've shared there like the power of learning your lessons etc we'd read that you'd said there were certain struggles that you'd maybe had trying to set up as a black woman like that you'd encountered which I've then read about lots of other black women and other black men actually to be honest that they've echoed the same thing but then when you look at your Instagram it's like for me it just looks so seamless you make it look easy you make it just look like you got it's because you're talented and because you love each other and it's because you care and you're passionate and I know that but how do you do it how do you make the transition from I don't know the struggle the the mum the homeschooling to making it look just like like a Mary Poppins film in essence it just looks so easy (laughs) well it's like they say Instagram and and anything online it's a showreel it's the best bit and I'm not gonna lie we have a lot of best bits we do we do but it doesn't it hasn't come easily like we work so hard especially me I'm gonna keep it real I do the life. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, that's my job. I'm a parent. That's my job. I'm supposed to do that. That's, I love that they're in business. I love that they have their brands. But, you know, you get one childhood and I'm more than happy to do the lion's share of the work in that respect. The main focus for them having their businesses is just to know and just become familiar with having multiple streams of income. Just, have, just becoming familiar with the fact that you don't have to wait until someone tells you you're old enough to run a business or you're capable enough to run a business or you've got enough in place to run a business I just want them to get comfortable that it's just it's just the norm for them to be able to generate their own income without being you know beholden to an employer or having to do a job that they hate and there might be times in their lives when they do have to do that but I just want to equip them that's the main focus and the fact that they make money doing it is just like a happy bonus like that is you know that's a byproduct of the lesson that I'm trying to instill you know just before coming on to here these two were tearing strips off each other arguing about no more so please like it's real over here it is real so we love each other you know and we're all equally invested in each other's peace and comfort and that's important but it's not all hearts and flowers and the cream icing so yeah but um, yeah I think that the thing is with regards to how things appear online it's whenever I post whenever she posts whenever Abaya posts Leilani posts we are talking to our client base we're talking to our customers and you know we share we do share quite a bit of our lives probably not as much as we used to when I first started Love Storm I was a massive oversharer I shared pictures of the kids covered in flour when they got into the cupboards that they're not to get into I shared my experiences as a parent all sorts of things like that and I loved it because it just felt more like a friendly community rather than a customer and a seller and it was that and that's how it was built very organically that way I don't share as much now mostly because Leilani and Nerea are their own people and if they say can you ask me what you post it's like I have to kind of listen to that so long gone are the days where I'll just be like click and then post it now I have to go is this okay can I post this can I post that so we don't share as much as we used to but also I learned the hard way that when people have that much access to you they start sometimes some people can start to feel a little bit entitled to you entitled to your time entitled to commentary on your life and so I definitely don't share as much of our family life as I used to for that reason so I think I've got the balance 
just about right. It feels right for, for us. Yes, it's a different platform, isn't it? Facebook is quite different to Instagram. And then, as you say, you're growing and learning in your business. And but I just love seeing your collaborations and they're just so amazing. They go down an absolute storm because they're just amazing. So both of you young ladies coming up, I'm in awe of you as there's this term now, isn't it? Kidpreneur. And it's not to, I know you're young ladies, but you know, when I think about what I was doing when, at your age, I was just going through the motions or a bit closer to Lalani's age, just trying to get through my exams. So to be running a business as well, I think you just got an insight that there's more to life, number one, than exams, which is really yeah. a vitally important lesson to know. It's not that they're not important, but you're carving your own way. And I just wonder what it's like. Do you, do you feel any different to your peers in what you're doing with your businesses? I definitely see a lot of my peers congratulating me and just saying, like, I can't believe you've got a business. Can you help me how to do this? And it's really nice seeing them asking for my help and advice in that way. And also to seeing them doing their own thing, starting their own businesses and just being like, oh, you know, you started your own business, do you think I could do it too? Or just even they've come up with it themselves and then we've talked about our own ideas and how to help each other. I think that's a really good thing as well. So, you know, there's some of my peers that are just focusing on GCSEs because that's the journey they want to take, but others want to be business owners. And I think... It's just a mix of both with my peers. Like you, do you get similar feedback from your friends? Yes, definitely. When I first told most of my friends that I had a business, they were mostly shocked and surprised that I could be doing all of this whilst in school as well. But most of my friends have congratulated me and they said they were really proud of me. And lots of them actually follow my business pages and like my stuff all the time. And I think it's really cool that I've inspired some of my friends to start their own businesses and we've always just shared ideas about what we could have done um, a joint business I actually started a joint business with my friend but then it ended up not working but it was still really cool that I got to try something out with my friends and inspire them to do what they wanted to do instead of just having to focus on school and do what society tells you that you're supposed to do and wait until you're older to start a business which is really not true that's incredible you're blazing trails now but you're also learning lessons that other people will not learn if they go into business until they're like their 20s so you're going to be like so many leaps and bounds ahead of the rest it's going to be amazing to watch your journeys as you carry on definitely and, and is it all right to ask you about the names of your businesses that how they came about well my business Lovestone Cakes I, I agonized for so long what to call it because when I started like 12 years ago I was pregnant with the mayor at the time actually when I first started I did a bit of market research I was looking at other cake companies I wanted it to be meaningful as well you know I was just like well what makes sense to me in my life right now and at the time so Leilani's middle name is Storm before I started the business I had gone through an absolute the worst time of my life yeah I'd just gone through a horrendous breakup all of a sudden I'm not assaulted onto traveling the world I'm a single parent <laughs> of one point something children mm-hmm. and this is just not my vision when i was naming the company i was just like that lilani storm lilani is like she, she's the center of my world like she, everything i'm doing is for her there's nothing that i cannot overcome because i have her a lot of people associate being a single parent with nothing but hardship but actually if you dig in and you, you've got a reason and a purpose like with big brown eyes it's much more than just a hardship it's not it's a reason it's that it's a propeller it's something that drives you forward and so she had to feature no offense to me but you weren't here yet it was something that I was planning to make a success of and I just thought if I name it after her you know that's going to drive me to really like make a go of it and so that's why I decided to call it Love Storm because I think for two reasons I love my storm and I also think it's important to love the storms that you go through and the things that shape you and you know just don't don't let them don't let them shape your world in a negative way like try and use it if you can and so that's the reason why I decided to call it love stop so that's my reason that's and amazing so with the cupcakes arm of the business which is solely Lilani's responsibility like I don't have anything to do with it I don't even take orders on her behalf anymore when she turned 13 I wanted to give her a gift that was like um sort of like a rite of passage something really meaningful something that you know she could build on a gift that keeps giving kind of thing at first you know it took her a little while to get in get her stride but now she takes so much pride in it and it's 
it's incredible to see her taking it seriously and recognizing that you know she's representing something that I built with my own two hands like she was given this business but it was not it was not easy to come by it was very hard one and she recognizes that now and and she honors that with every order that she puts out I'm just like that they look like I could have done them she's so on point with it and it's incredibly um, encouraging for me to see that it's such a beautiful thing and um, yeah, I could not be prouder. I've actually bought the cupcakes for two different events. So it's one for like a national corporate event. So the Leeds one, I had my own budget to spend on catering. And obviously I was thinking, right, I need these cupcakes. I'm going to try them out. They're amazing. And then to compare it to my colleagues that were doing it in Manchester and London, my cupcakes far surpassed them because they were from you guys. And then had a birthday party for a friend who works actually in restaurants and things and we did like the the loyalty cards as their cakes and they were thinking they were like oh my god this is amazing these are so realistic these are incredible all the ceos and everything of this business etc that were there so the Uh, feedback every single time has been just like oh my god these are incredible so as you say Renee that you know it was an emotional gift as well it's your business that you're handing on but to see it go from strength to strength through your guidance and obviously through your passion it's incredible so yeah amazing work when you say oh they're really easy to make but they might be easy to you you know you've got a real talent delicious as well Avea, yourself, you've got the two businesses, but what are the names and what are the reasons behind the names of those? Well, the same as what Lani said, my mum was a big inspiration to both of my businesses. Growing up, watching her do her own thing, be her own boss and building a whole business from the ground up was absolutely amazing, to be honest. So my first business is called Rarest Vegan Sauces. My mum helped me with that, of course. And the reason behind that name is my second name is Ray. So instead of Rarest Vegan Sauces, I thought Rarest would sound better. <laughs> and I started that business because I realised as a vegan myself and as a young vegan, it would be really cool to have some sweet treats that I could have, like caramels and nut butters and like chocolate spreads because you know Nutella was my favorite when I was younger so I had to make a vegan substitute which is the main reason why I started my favorite vegan sausage and as for my second business the cookie kiss I came up with that name because not just as the reason that I am a kid myself because I already know when I'm older and I'm still running my business that I'm gonna have my same childish ways I'm gonna be be excited I'm gonna have lots of energy still because that's just the kind of person that I am so I thought that would be the perfect name for me and I really enjoy making my cookies as Sim as Lani said she wanted to carry on my mom's baking so cakes cupcakes and then cookies so I thought that would be a really cool adding what those guys have already started you guys honestly i'm so emotional because what i see online and then you guys together it's honestly magic that's all i could describe it it's absolutely magic you love each other and you support each other you drive each other you motivate each other this is what should be happening everywhere in our community it's so nice to see you're a product of your environment no wonder you've got two incredibly intelligent beautiful articulate young girls because you brought that out of them you teach them they see you like they see you every day and they're they're going to reflect you and everything they do so it's oh god it's so emotional but it's so lovely to see i'm not perfect nobody is but i think the important thing when you're raising young women and it's something that's definitely lacking which is why I want to touch on it holding yourself accountable in ways that they can see is really important and making sure that there is an avenue for them to check you on your bullshit basically anything that's not right you know I've always tried to foster an environment where the girls feel like even if they can't do it in the moment because things are emotional or heated or cross off whatever's happened they know that they can come at some point and, and call a meeting and say we need, we need to have a conversation about this I'm upset about that or I'm unhappy about this and they are able to check me on my behavior because it needs checking you know we just like they're a product of their environment and their upbringing I'm a product of mine and you know the things that have happened to me the things that um, I've endured you know these are things that impact your behaviors they impact the way that you handle situations you know the thing that that gets us through the thing that makes us who we are as a family is that you know I listen to them and I give space for them to be able to check me and say I didn't like that and here's why 
and then sometimes I have to apologise. Sometimes I'll just explain it, and other times an apology is absolutely necessary. So that for me is probably the reason why they are who they are. Like it's not just because they're you know they're born that way and I'm an awesome mum. There's that too. Totally, let's take that. There's that too. Being accountable and apologising to your children when you need to, that's missing in our society and our community in particular. But I think you, you model what you want to see. That's the impression I get from seeing you all together and, and also um, what, what we do see on, on social media. You clearly respect your girls. You're bringing your, your girls to be up to be young women. It's your expectation. You've raised the bar. You know, you, you're not limiting your daughters. This is just the beginning. And we're all works in progress. If we think yeah. we're perfect, then, you know, there's trouble because none of us are. Even in that kind of growth and development, you kind of your expectation on what your daughters can achieve, what are capable, far exceeds what other people place on their children you're opening their eyes and to the world because that's what you ultimately are going to be living in the world and you're giving them a a fabulous head start and it's just wonderful absolutely wonderful thank you i hope so so we have obviously a household of three gorgeous queens we have five businesses in this household and then we have a Forbes interview which we cannot not talk about as well let's just pause a second as well this is Forbes this is incredible and it's a celebration for the whole family it's incredible so can you tell us a little bit about that please yeah absolutely so we were contacted by a really lovely woman called Sarah and she works on a separate project, separate to the Forbes thing, with, with a lady called Kate. So they were doing something called Indiebiz Live, and they were just trying to include as many independent, independent businesses as possible. I think this is something that they've started recently, um, around the time in the summer. But it just so happens that the lady that she was working with on that, when she told her about our particular businesses, and it was during the time when, you know, there was a lot of discussion around inequality in all areas of our society. And so she said, how would you feel about being featured in Forbes? Obviously, we want you for this, but also, can we talk to you and have an interview and put it out uh, in Forbes? And we were like, um, yeah. During that time, we were getting contacted by so many different outlets. I don't get giddy about it anymore. I'm just like, mm, mm, do we have time? Although the um, exposure is great, it is great on, on platforms like that. I'm a little bit like, I'm a bit over providing content for these institutions that, that are not doing the necessary work to make sure that we have equality in this country. And I'm, I'm just not here for the performative activism from these, these establishments that literally have a terrible track record when it comes to equality. So the novelty definitely worn off for me. But the Forbes thing, I'm not going to lie, got, it got me, it did. When she said Forbes, I was like, and also I thought it was important because the girls, I've talked about my business a lot over the years with these different platforms, but the girls haven't, you know. So although the novelty's one off for me, it's important for them to also have that sort of experience as well and get used to being able to talk about themselves in a way that promotes who they are and, and what they've got to offer. So yeah, the Forbes thing was, you know, it was fantastic. It does it, these things don't always equate to money in the bank, but sometimes it's about more than that, you know, it's about like that that article is something that will print off and it's in our memory box and something that we'll draw on in the future and you know and, and show their kids. And so it's important for that reason. But yeah, I'm acutely aware now in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement and and all of the conversations around inequality and racism in the UK that a lot of it a lot of it a lot of the approach that we've had has been performative and I'm just I'm not here for it you know I'm not making time to sit down with people who you're using us because what are you doing outside of this conversation you know this is trending right now and so that you want to have conversations with brown faces and you want to be able to put this out there because it's a hot topic but you know I need to know what's beyond that so you know like when you guys reached out and wanted to talk to me, this makes sense for me it makes sense because you are part of our community but you are also consistently pushing the agenda and you're consistently you know making content that promotes people who are not having the same opportunities as you know white British people and are not being recognized in the same way you know it's it's amazing seeing everything that you guys share but at the same time kind of sad that I didn't know about a lot of them that's sad they, they look yeah. like they look like my family members and they're there are some incredible achievements. Um, if you look down your thread, your page, uh, your grid, there is just a wealth 
of black excellence and a lot of it I didn't even know it existed and that is the problem. It, it makes a lot of sense for sure and do you know what I, I, I totally agree with everything you said I think there's a lot of times where you'll get a question or you'll get invited to something and I think depending on the timing so after George Floyd's murder there was like you said the performative the, in some elements, the black square and social media, that was an effort, but was, what did it do? Then there was, you know, there's, there's been attempts to try and get conversations or comments about certain things. And it's dependent on what's happening. I'm either really like, come on, like, let's go for it, or just incredibly just tired, because like you say, it's exhausting, putting your time, preparing, giving really articulate, thoughtful insight on stuff, to see it not really go anywhere, just to see, like... 10 seconds of it being used yeah. to slot into their agenda. It's it's infuriating, so I can totally see that. Yeah, and especially because to them it's a conversation, you know, a lot of the times. To us, it's, this is a conversation about our humanity, it's about our values, it's about our work, it's about not being seen, it's about wanting to be seen and wanting to be heard, it's about not having the same opportunities. That's, that's Those are not just words, those are lived experiences. So it's, yeah. you know, it's... A, it, it's important to take those opportunities where you get them. Like, I've loved seeing you guys being on these bigger platforms in the magazines and things like that. It's fantastic. And I think if you've got the energy for it, which you guys do, grab all of those opportunities because you're still getting seen. It's important. Growing up, I didn't even know that these were conversations that needed to be had, you know. But my eyes are wide open right now, and I very much struggle with the performative activism that I'm seeing from, you know, from, from these sort of especially recently in the wake of all of the things that have been going on around racism, I feel like they're really trying to pull out all of these things, these hardships that, you know, the things that we've endured, the things that we've overcome, they want to pull that out and it just feels a little bit like, I need some therapy after that, you know, yeah. and you, you've just gone out, we'll use that bit and that's that, and, and I get it, you're doing your job, I understand all of that, but for me, after I've talked about all the ways in which people didn't want to help me, all the way, all the grants and loans that I was refused, knowing that it was because of the colour of my skin, all the times the bank managers kind of rolled their eyes at my idea, those sorts of things. It's painful to talk about that. And afterwards, I just feel a little bit like drained. And I'm like, if this is not going to benefit myself, my children, or my wider community, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing your job for you because what do I get? Pay me then, right? <laughs> you know, you want these interviews with people, you've got a huge budget at the BBC and what have you, but you don't offer any payment and generally speaking we're just so happy for that little crumb of recognition that we'll just do anything for free and I think a lot of the time we absolutely have to start demanding money for our time because yeah. everything's business. It's, it's a very real issue that we've had conversations ourselves because there's only so much you know we know, we know we're starting out and stuff but the whole you know this will be good for your brand exposure blah blah blah, blah goes so far because at the end of the day it takes your time which I value my time, so you've got to value that as well. Yeah. So if you, if you are wanting to ask about what is traumatic experience, it might be stuff that you're still going through, then number one, you've got to only do it if you want to. Don't mm -hmm. that you have to. And it, it goes through whether it's speaking to a, a reporter or speaking to a friend or colleague here from outside of the community that is trying to understand your experiences. It's, it's got to be on your terms. Don't get me wrong, I know that we've got to start somewhere and I know that, you know, it's not going to be comfortable from get, getting from A to B and you have to have these conversations. I understand all of that. Like, you've got to start somewhere. And hugely, overwhelmingly, representation is so important. Our children need to see people that look like them in magazines, on TV. So for that reason alone, outside of anything else, it's important to take those opportunities and I'm not dissuading anyone else from doing it. Definitely just think I've had my feelings. But it is important. It's important to get our faces and our messages and our, and our businesses and our brands out there. That, you know, that is super important. And if it benefits us as a community and it helps us to level up in, you know, in terms of you know, business and things like that, then I'm all for that. But I've been burned as well by certain outlets. Like we have an interview recently and the person that did the interview you know the interview was great it was all fine she did focus a lot on my color which i was just like 
okay, that's great. Anyway, but then afterwards she placed an order with Lilani. So this is a woman who we told her about our journey, our struggles and how we've got to where we are. You know, literally I've had from the horse's mouth what it took for us as a family, me as a single parent, to get our business to this point. And you placed an order with my daughter and messed her around. And I'm just no. like, yeah, I was fuming absolute fuming and I'm just I just thought to myself now if you'd have placed that order with who you would have normally placed it with like if, you know if it wasn't for the fact that you've come across us because you know black is trending right now if you had placed your order with whoever else a white business or whatever there's absolutely no way you would have conducted yourself like that you just wouldn't mm. have you don't go to Marks and Spencers and behave like that you know, she won't get what you want then. It was just an assumption that we were going to be grateful for her business. And let me be very clear about this. We are grateful for every order. Of course we are. It's our bread and butter. We're grateful that people want what we're producing. But make no mistake, you're not doing us a favour. What you're doing is exchanging money for goods. And yes, we are aware you could exchange that money with a number of other fantastic businesses and you've chosen them. All that means is that we owe you an outstanding service and a great quality product that is it we don't yeah. owe you more than that we don't owe you bending back side front and back i don't have to say oh yeah sure we can move everything around for you because you know we need your business that much i'm not going to cancel my child's lesson or doctor's appointment because you messed up and now we have to check like i'm not we're not doing all of that and it's not a case of oh but you know customer services like you expect so much more from brown businesses because you just have this assumption that we need it more. You know, there's a thin line between being grateful and being professional. But I'm a mum first and foremost. And if you are mistreating my child in her role as a business owner, I don't get involved in their businesses until it's something like that. <laughs> and then I get involved because just like a teacher with the wrong attitude can dissuade my child from greatness, a customer with the wrong attitude can dissuade my child from greatness with regards to her business because that's a negative experience that doesn't have to happen. It's only happening because you have made an assumption about how you can treat my black child. It's just not going to happen. It's happened several times already. And I've put a few posts up being very vocal and just basically warning people we will do everything in our power to make sure that this is a positive experience for you as a customer. Anything we get wrong, we'll put right. What you don't have is the right to speak to my child or myself in a way that lacks respect or consideration. We are black, excellent. We are not over here begging for your custom. We're not doing that. We're making quality products. That's why you're over here. There are definitely pros and cons of the conversations that are happening right now, but I'm very aware of the fact that a lot of people are not doing the real work. It literally is just performative for a lot of them. But at the same time, I'm very grateful for the amount of people that really, really want to know. They really want to learn. They want to know how to help, how to be better, how to do better. And that's a beautiful thing. And I've definitely seen a lot of examples of that as well. That's really interesting. I was going to ask a question about this period. We've obviously had, in terms of race relations, quite a lot of attention on Black-owned businesses, whether that be like the Black Square, whether that be Black Pound Day, or so the hashtags as well that are going around, Black-owned businesses, and, you know, making yourself, if you have a Black-owned business, making that really present on your profiles and things like that, which is incredible. From a perspective of somebody who's, you know, had such a wealth of experience over the years, what I've been, other than maybe reaching out and having you know, non-Black customers come to use your services. Have there been any other trends that have been happening? And do you think that obviously being set up online, which I know you are and you do extremely well, that has that really helped you obviously in terms of the COVID period? If it wasn't for us being online, my business would have, it would have died. When COVID first hit, I panicked and shut my business down for a month because I didn't know what it was. For me, it was more to do with the fact that I'm a single mum. So for me, it was a case of, I don't know what this is and I, I don't want to die, so... I, I just got panicked and I shut the business down completely. And then after a while, when we got to learn a little bit more about it, the transmission of it, and things like that, I decided to do the contactless stuff. So most of those were cancelled because a lot of them were for big engagements, big weddings and things like that. And with all of them being cancelled, there was no need for my services. But people still want to celebrate. So we're doing a lot of birthday cakes, a lot of smaller orders. These two are busier than me at the moment because, of course, we've not been able to have any more than six cupcakes and cookies make more sense than a big cake if it wasn't for the fact that we were online we wouldn't be able to just easily diversify like that it just wouldn't, wouldn't be possible but i think because love storm has been established in our city for so long my customer base is 
every race that you can think of you know we do asian weddings we do everything we do everything so you know we don't have just people from our own community and we had a dessert restaurant for a while and a little shop as well as that a lot of the time when you're doing an online business people don't know that you're a black woman because you're online but people people do know that about us because a sharing the pictures of of the kids all the time from them being very young and customers actually coming in and having real relationships with those into the shops that you know, that we had previously there have been instances in the past where people haven't realized that i was a black woman when they've ordered the kit and they've come to pick it up and there's like a oh oh, oh. and it might not even be that but i've instantly gone oh oh you didn't know i was black <laughs> so yeah yeah, because we've been quite visible on all of our platforms, people generally know who they're buying from. But I think what is interesting is and beautiful to see, and I absolutely love it, black people who own businesses putting the Black Pound Day thing up and talking about their blackness with so much pride and so much volume. When we know, if we keep it 100% real, a lot of businesses try to appear as white as possible because they're in survival mode and they know that racism is very much a thing. And there are people that will simply want what you've got, but they won't buy it because you're black. It's a thing. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll have businesses that are owned by African people and they've called it something like John Smith's or something like that, just because of their lived experience. They know that they've missed out on opportunities when people have realised that they're a black person. Totally That's agree. Terrific. That's horrific, but that is our lived experience. And when you've got people saying things like, you're not paying the race card, why do you have to always make it about race? Because it's always about race. There are a lot of lived experiences. You cannot tell somebody that their experiences is not exactly what it is because you weren't there. You're not them. You don't know. Black people are not over here going, oh my God, this we're not going, oh, you're, this is such a racist country for no reason. Yeah. Well, that's insane to think it doesn't exist means that you are privileged and you should be very grateful for the fact that you don't know that it exists because that means you've never experienced it and you never will and trust me you don't want a piece of that pie we're not over here going now oh, we've got it harder than you because we enjoy that like it's that's not what it is you've got people that generally are going well, what about us and I'm like well do you want some struggle pie because it's not actually that nice I just find it really frustrating that people I mean it's just like you have no idea that when somebody says that they feel so free to be able to attach the blackness that they are to their business and their brand freely and know that it might actually generate more income that that feeling is it, it's, it's just got to be incredible because I know personally people who have tried to hide their blackness from their brand like tried to keep the, thing, the two things separate just to succeed which is it's really refreshing to see the pride that, that we're seeing now and, and hopefully that will continue i just wonder if, if there's anyone listening thinking oh i would just would love to to try and emulate just a part of what you guys are doing do you have any advice to any parents or um, young people coming up as to to what to do yeah what advice would you give to people who want to start out as entrepreneurs so as a parent of young business owners i think the main thing i would say is and it's it sounds so basic but it's, it's so important and i have to catch myself sometimes even though i know better listen to your kids listen to your children you know so many ideas and dreams die in the kitchen when mum's cooking and the child's coming to tell them about their fantastic invention or idea and she said not right now darling because i'm this or i'm doing that and i do it all the time like i think when i was setting up love storm i'm pretty sure elanda may have thought their names were not right now and give me a minute literally i was just too busy to engage with them properly in that way which was a big part of why i started homeschooling them because i wasn't i was feeding them and putting them to bed that's literally what things were like when we were setting up the business. So, so listening to your children, they, they trust me, they've got better ideas than you. They've got fresher ideas than you. They've got, you know, listen to your children when they say they've got something that they want to do or something that they're interested in. Because when a child says, I'm interested in this, it's usually because they've got a natural ability for it or a real interest. And those two things, you can't buy that when it comes to building a business or a brand or a product, you know. So, if your child comes to you and says, 
a woman I want to be. You know, Lilani came to me when she was like four or five, saying, I want to be a fashion designer. And I think it's because she was watching Bratz dolls and stuff like that. <laughs> I want to be, and all now, till now, Lilani pours her soul into doing like sketches of gowns and things like that. that she wanted to see. But when she told me that, I bought her a sewing machine and she had her first fashion show in our restaurant when she was eight years old and she made all the skirts and she had her own model and it's just really important that when your child tells you that they want to do something or they have an interest in it interest in it that you make a big deal about it and yes they might want to be an astronaut the week after and something else the week after that but just as often as possible just try and build on the thing that they say that they want to do or the thing that the idea that they've got i think i've got two inventions that we actually have to get patented because they're awesome oh um, my god amazing she's just that type of kid some people are like that aren't they where and that's what makes the world go around you know well i'm forever seeing things on amazon i have two inventions myself both of which are now manufactured because somebody else came up with it as well years later so they've got two that we absolutely have to pin down because it could be something and so i think that's important really important to just believe in your own ideas and listen to that of your children as well because like i say a lot of initiative a lot of dreams a lot of ideas are born and die while you're too busy to listen to them so and the same for your children in school you know there are a lot of things that a lot of um, potential that isn't realized because children just don't feel like they can express themselves and they don't feel like this, the environment is is right for you know, expressing themselves so in terms of raising entrepreneurs just listen to them they, they know what they want more than you do so and try really hard it's not easy you know if your child comes to you and says i want to be you know something that you wouldn't want for them yes we want the best for our children and there's nothing wrong with expressing that sometimes we do know what's best for them but just try as often as possible not to shoot them down don't shoot down their right try as much as possible to just kind of be enthusiastic about the thing that, that they're talking about that's a big one I think because I think in our community it can be the precedent is sometimes if you're not a doctor dentist or a lawyer then you've you've maybe let the side down a bit and there are so many amazing gifts that each individual child has like you say that encouragement and listening to their skill set might just be the thing that makes them who they are so yeah. no, I totally get that so like Lilani says to me recently you know she feels um, you know sometimes she has self-limiting thoughts like like we all do yeah. um, and you know comparison is the thief of joy but especially in the age of the internet and instagram a lot of us especially younger people can't help but to compare themselves to other people's stories journeys past you know Lilani wants to go to college and she, she will be going to college but she doesn't have because she was homeschooled and then covid hit around exam time she doesn't have what she needs to be in the college where her mates are right right now and so she, she took that a little bit hard it was a case of oh, I feel a bit behind you don't like what I'm saying no. um I feel a bit behind um I feel like I'm a bit behind my friends and and you know I just had to remind Leilani that you know that's a false construct like how can you be behind somebody they're not you like you're on a separate path from who they are like you know and this whole college and education system thing like exams yes education is important exams are important especially if you want to do something like a doctor or a lawyer things like that obviously you need that you absolutely do need that but if you don't have that and you don't want to be that you know this this one size fits all education system the only thing it can do is propel some children and make others feel useless and worthless because it is not a one size fits all and we're all different you know i don't know if you've seen the movie tinkerbell where they all get their powers at the very start of the movie and they're all told that you're going to be this and you're going to be that and that's the thing that you're good at like we all have different strengths and weaknesses and i just think send your kids to school send them to university do you know do what you think is best for them that's what we're all doing as parents but at the same time please make your children understand and know that if that doesn't work out it's not the end of their life they're not a failure you know a lot of the education that's available to children of our generation their generation is not even fit for purpose anymore you know like some of the richest men and women in the world are that way because they have online businesses amazon facebook there isn't a college course available to help you attain that yeah. imagine that it generates the most wealth but there isn't anything that i know of there probably will be at some point but there isn't anything that i know of that hones that path mm. i think a lot of the time 
just just because the world tells you that you should be doing that doesn't mean that if you're not you know you're, you're of less value or you're not going to have a good life experience you know even with my children being homeschooled and even with them not being exposed to the same expectations that a lot of children are exposed to in our community and not having that same like weight of a parent being like you've got to do this on their shoulders they still are susceptible to the pressures of society even if you're not putting them on them and so sometimes it's just little reminders little loving conversations and reminders to remind your child that whatever expectation you have of yourself make sure it's one that you have for yourself and not one that you've adopted because of what you've seen over there or what you've heard over there so i think for me that's the most most important thing conversations listening talking and just remembering not to take everything on as if it's the gospel truth because my truth is not the same as his and yours is not the same as hers and you know i think that's really important because people compare themselves you know i'm not married by this age or you know my family looks different to that family and it's such an outdated way of thinking yeah and i consider myself a successful woman with a successful family and it doesn't look like other people's families and that's you know that's okay that's more than okay that's amazing we had a, a guest on a previous podcast who was just echoing exactly what you said the normal mentality is you go to school you go to sixth form blah blah, blah you go to uni etc and I think sometimes when there is a pause when you can reflect and think you know what do I really want to do where's my purpose rather than focus on the person next to you and you know if you've got if your 100% attention is not on somebody else but your journey and your path the purpose that you're going to lead, the path that you're going to carve for yourself is so much more meaningful and you've got so much more attention and drive to get there. I I think when I'd heard this lady and obviously now you guys sort of echoing that, but it's so apparent that it doesn't matter what industry, what sector you're in or whatever, you're an individual and that is so important. You should be able to focus on yourself and challenge yourself if if that's what you want to do, but not because somebody else is dictating it for you, not because society says you've got to do it, not because your mates are doing it, because obviously, like you say, it steals your joy. People like yourself, you'll get to the point where you want to be, regardless, you're that way inclined, it's in your DNA, you're going to succeed. But would you not rather have a really nice time getting it and doing it in your own way rather than looking over your shoulder and constantly having that yeah. comparison? Like you say, it's, it's so true, yeah. I wish I had all this insight when I was younger, honestly. I'd be... right. Honestly, so do I. This, when I say I feel robbed, it's a case of if I, if I knew then what yeah. I know now, I would have handled things a lot differently. And like I said, I did enjoy learning at school. I, I loved learning. I, I love information. I love that. But I, the, the environment wasn't conducive to a positive learning experience for me. But yeah, I just think it's really important to do you. Like, you know, work hard, but work hard on the thing that you're doing for yourself, not to please other people or to fit a mould or an expectation. And I think it's easier to do that now growing up. I think the children, the kids have access to so like when I go on Lilani's Instagram page all I see is other kids encouraging her and being like oh that's amazing you go but oh my god you're so cute and it's just a lot of positive reinforcement that they have for each other I'm just like this is who kids are naturally that we normally I would not get to see that from Lilani because that would only happen in her peer groups we don't get to see that so we are able to see a lot more because we've got access to the internet and we've got access to information so i am ha- very hopeful for the future generation of um, of black children black bis- black business people business women and men that generation that are coming up because there's more representation there's more things for them to aspire to because they can literally see other people that look like them doing it you know you've got black black creators you've got black disney characters you've got you know and there's just a lot more of it and you don't have to switch on the tv to see it you can it's in your phone it's in your back pocket you can open it up and you can follow pages that literally only celebrate black culture and that's so incredible that's game changing the darker skinned girls are opening their phones and they're seeing beautiful representations of themselves that when i was growing up my cousins they didn't have that Mm-hmm. they didn't have that they didn't have that reinforcement and that for me is you know the, that gives me a lot of hope for the future generations and how they see themselves like yeah. if you if you have that you're less susceptible to people who don't like people that look like you telling you who you are and what you can achieve and what you can expect out of life 
because that's what happens to a lot of people from our generation and the older generations. But the younger generation is a whole new ball game because, like I say, they've got access to information and they've got access to other kids their age from all different parts of the world, you know, just reminding them of their greatness, which is incredible. I love that. That leads really nicely onto our melanin magic question. So, what are your hopes and dreams for Black British culture in the next five to ten years? And do you have any ideas on how we're going to get there? Okay, so me personally, I think my hopes and dreams would be that it's just natural, second nature. Like it's not at the moment. I feel like it's just it's we're so grateful for the little crumbs of inclusion that we're getting which speaks volumes because it just it means that what we're getting as black british people it's not a lot and it's still a hundred times more than we were getting 10 years ago in terms of recognition in terms of representation it's still comparatively not a lot but it's huge which is sad and great at the same time so i'm not really sure how i feel about it except that it definitely feels like progress so i would just like it to be more normal i'd like it to just be normal black british culture to just be a part of the fabric of our society that it's not an anomaly or it's not you know so like this is so trendy like can it just be normal can it just be a part of life we're human we're people my child is yeah she's called Lilani and yours is called sarah but there isn't a difference in their value yet. i just would like black british culture to just be culture and I know you've got to go through a transition to get to that point but if we're talking five ten years from now I would just like it to be constant constant celebration constant recognition and not just when there's a hashtag because something horrific has happened because you know when we get celebrated off the back of black televised murder there's still all of that that's the backdrop for this celebration and that's not okay it's not okay celebrate me and mine all the time because we're worthy don't just celebrate us as a counter to this horrific thing that we've just seen or we've just been exposed to or we've just endured just celebrate us because we're amazing celebrate us because we are part of this community celebrate us because we contribute and have been contributing since we got here you know and stop making a decision about who we are before you've even spoken to us you know, I had a recent experience when I put the girls into high school because they wanted to experience it. And there were so many instances where teachers just assumed that they knew who my children were. And the only way you can make an assumption like that is if you're basing it on their appearance, their blackness. And, you know, I was up at that school constantly. I was up at that school as if in the same ways that my mum was up at the school, but my mum was up at the school because I was problematic. <laughs> I was up at the school because they were problematic. You know, I wasn't up there because they called me in to talk about my children's behaviour. I was up there because I was going to talk about their behaviour. And I just think it's really, really important that we advocate for ourselves, our children and other children who don't have an advocate. Because people will tell you who you are in this society as a black British person. If you don't know who you are or who you want to be, and you don't have anyone to advocate for yourself, you are not capable of advocating for yourself they will tell you who you are and that is very dangerous and that's why we have a lot of young boys who are playing a role and young girls that are playing a role that was written for them and nobody rewrote it so yeah i would just like it to just be less of an anomaly and more of just we're here in it like that's powerful i love that how about you girls um i would like us to be seen more i would like for our culture and our greatness to be seen more. Because, for example, in schools, I never got taught my history. I got taught white history and what happened with them, but I was never taught about our greatness and what we did back then, what we did to fight back back then. And I just thought it was very unfair that I learned about all these other people's culture and stuff but I never learned anything about mine apart from the negative parts they didn't teach us that we were strong and that we were inventors and we were we were important people we were just like people who got picked on or discriminated against back then we weren't taught how powerful we were before we got taken over but I wish our culture was more appreciated instead of being an alternative 
I want it to be just like white culture and everything else that we learn in schools and stuff. I want it to be normal. I don't want it to be standard. Yes. We're the standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear that. I totally hear that. Mm. Avea. Totally got you on that one, babe. <laughs> and Lilani, what about yourself? Well, I definitely wish that we just keep progressing. Like what I said, ten years ago it was much worse than it is now. And just moving forward, I just hope we'll keep rising and keep growing and especially with my generation. I think our eyes are much more open to today's problems, you know, protests and you know just seeing things online uh, i definitely think my generation growing up in the next five to ten years will definitely make some changes and some improvements on you know black history and um, our culture here in the uk i hear it I'm, I'm there for it as well very hopeful as well i love that yeah i think in terms of how do we get there how do we make that reality you know, the normalisation of our existence, a change in the undercurrent of racism that is just always there in British culture. It, it's all about the kids. They're the ones that are going to do it. And, and I, I have every faith in them because, you know, seeing visuals of young white kids standing alongside our children, tearing down these statues that, that celebrate the horrific treatment that befell their ancestors that i mean that that's not a little thing that is huge yeah. these are kids that are saying this is not right it's not right and here's the thing that the way society upholds and not just upholds it regenerates and breathes new life into white supremacy is by children being shaped by people that already have those mindsets nobody white or otherwise is born thinking that they're better than their, their black mate inherently just born better nobody thinks like that unless they've grown up in an environment that has taught them that, you know, either, you know, overtly or subconsciously, that that is learned behaviour. And when you don't have an alternative, you know, so I homeschool the girls, but I'm very, very aware that I want them to have alternative perspectives to just mine, because otherwise, if, if my view and my perspective is the only thing they have access to, then I'm doing them a huge disservice. Access to the internet, access to information that children have on a level that older generations just absolutely didn't have is the thing that is going to bring about change, I believe. I believe that the younger generation, the conversations that they're having and the experiences that they are having and the experiences that they are seeing other people have from other cultures and other backgrounds, they wouldn't see that if it wasn't on their phones normally like the fact that they have access means that they can be spurred to create change and it's happening it's already happening you know like i say with tearing down the statues and, and protests and things like that you know they just put those fences around manchester university the other day and the, the kids were like uh don't think so older generations might go well we can't do this on this whole because we don't want to end up in trouble you know we don't want to lose our jobs and miss a mortgage payment children have a freedom that we don't have because when you get to a certain age and a certain level of responsibility in life you've got a lot more to lose if you're young you don't have as much to lose and you have access to information that can start firing you to say oh no that's not right i'm just going to do something about that you know there's things that i want to do something about but i'm going to brand to think about i got you know i'm you know i'm fired up but at the same time i got bills to pay like they're not they don't have the same constraints you know they don't have the same sort of like responsibilities that can help oppress them or suppress you know they're not response to injustice so i just think that my hope is that the younger generation just keep their eyes wide open and keep demanding change yeah it's all about the kids it's all about the kids if you're a parent you have however many children you have for me for example i have two opportunities to change the world if you have three kids you have three opportunities to change the world and the way you do that is to not turn them into who you want them to be because you're already tarnished you're already being conditioned to a certain degree so as much as possible leave them alone you know every time a new person is born it's a new opportunity to improve things and improve the world but if you shape them into you, who, who didn't do anything to change the world, that's a lost opportunity. So I just think it's really important to just leave it to the kids as much as possible to guide them. That's it. You're there to guide them. You're not there to sculpt them. You know, so to keep them safe, feed them, and just and let them be great. <laughs> and I promise you, 
you know, that they'll, they'll sort it all out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much for your time. Thank you for your answers. They've all been amazing, really interesting and insightful. And just for those who they don't know you, could you tell us about how listeners can get in touch with you to approach you to, to create great culinary creations for them? I've got Love Stone Cakes. And my Instagram handle is at the Love Stone Cake Company. And then in my bio, I think in my bio, um, I've got the girls' businesses yeah. listed. But anyway, I'll, I'll say them as well. Leyland is at Leyland and at Love Stone Cupcakes by Leyland. We have a long one as well. Yeah. And then the layers are at the cookie kit and at Mary's vegan boxes on. Amazing. And we'll obviously tag you into the podcast as well to so make it easier for um, people to just go directly to your links as well. But that has been amazing. I feel like my soul has just been nurtured and cleansed. I get a bit like emotional when I'm talking about things to do with my community because I'm very impassioned about it and I'm very, uh, so sometimes I get a little bit like, carried away but um, wow I loved it it's and it's raw as well you should be passionate I love that thank you and I was just going to say there's also I think on Avea's Instagram there was the the link to the crowdfund to try and help you upscale yeah oh, yeah, yeah. So she's, you're not quite hit the target have you but yeah we just yeah keep and we'll definitely add on the podcast too thank you honestly it's been a pleasure it's been raw it's been passionate and i've learned so much as well and i said it before um we've watched you for two years and it's just, it's an actual blessing to see the successes and to get to know you more so i'm so pleased that we've got the chance to put that out there and to let more people know about your beautiful businesses your personalities the opportunities that you have and just your mindset so they can learn all those wonderful things as well so it's been incredible we are honored honored really truly honored to be featured and i don't know where you guys popped up from but from the minute i saw after these things i was like this is it this is this <laughs> honestly it is like it is like um it's a boost it's a boost and I would I would implore anyone like if you if you're having a tough time, if you're sick of you know, you've had a day of cold switching at the office, like whatever it is, just tap in because it's very enriching and it's a very encouraging yeah, yeah. and just a reminder of the fact that you know we're, we're out here, man, and we're, we're amazing. And there's just 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 click on a box on that grid and you know you'll find some content it's just really enriching and so, that's yeah. so cool thank you so much that's this is like our baby so i love it this yeah. is so cute well it's fantastic keep keep doing it because it's important we need it well thank you so much ladies and thank you for everyone for joining and listening it's been an honor to have these amazing queens on the podcast join us again next time <laughs> <laughs>